Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 191 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm so excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And if you were wondering where I was last week, just so you know, if there's a fifth Thursday in the month, I do not release a brand new episode. The first and third Thursdays of the month are when I release a brand new coaching episode, and the second and fourth Thursdays are when I release a solo episode Sometimes the fourth episode of the month might be an interview with someone that I think has a lot of goodness and gems to share, but for the most part, they're all solo episodes. However, I do have a guest coming onto the podcast later this month, and I hope to have that episode to you in December, and I'm so excited to share it because it's going to be so, so good, but we'll get to that later. So today I had my dear client Tina come onto the show and I'm so grateful she was able to be flexible because if you haven't been catching the news or maybe you're on the other side of the world and California is just worlds away from you, we have been in the middle of a wildfire season and it's really scary time. This is my first wildfire season, so I didn't really know what to expect or what it would feel like, but it's really scary when there's red flag warnings and the electricity gets cut off preemptively to try to prevent wildfires. It's just a really eerie, really scary time because fires can start at any moment, anywhere. And I've dealt with, you know, having to evacuate for hurricanes or at least having to watch the weather to see if a hurricane would hit. And while hurricanes can certainly cause a lot of damage and destruction, it just wasn't the same kind of fear because hurricanes, you can get out 
days in advance. I mean, you have days notice to know whether or not you need to leave. But fires definitely don't operate in the same way. And so it's just been really scary. And then that coupled with the power being off. Yes, it's highly inconvenient, especially when you work from home and you rely on electricity and the internet, all that kind of good stuff. But it's also just really eerie when it's only seven o'clock at night and everything is just completely dark. I had a dear client come to San Francisco last week and we met up for tea in the city and it was so wonderful to connect with her. And I was driving back and it was probably about 7.15 or so. And by the time I got over into Marin County, which is just across the Golden Gate Bridge, everything was just total blackness, just total darkness. And I was behind this bus and they were stopping just to let somebody off the bus. And I was just thinking in my head, why is someone getting off here? It's like the middle of nowhere. It's pitch black. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. It's not the middle of nowhere. It is pitch black, but it's definitely not the middle of nowhere. And it's just so weird, so eerie, so scary. And I am glad that the power is back on. And I'm glad hopefully that Maybe this will be towards the end of wildfire season before the rains come for the winter. And so while the electricity was off here in Marin County, I had had about five podcast coaching calls all lined up and I was going to do them all in one day and really getting into batching and doing a bunch of episodes all at once. But obviously I had to cancel all of those calls when I didn't have electricity. And thankfully, my dear client, Tina, was able to be flexible so we could squeeze in her call on Friday morning before this episode is supposed to air so that I can bring you a brand new episode in time for the first Thursday of the month. So here we are. So Tina and I have been working together for a while. She is in the Love Action Tribe. And earlier this year, I think in the spring, we met for a coaching intensive day and We worked on her business. She is a physical therapist and she is wanting to move out into her own practice so that she can create freedom in her life in terms of time, in terms of financial abundance. And also she wants to impact her mark on the world. She really believes in the work that she does. It's not just about helping people after injury, but it's really about that mind-body connection and helping people feel good in their bodies so that they can prosper and do what they're meant to do and not always live in pain or disconnection from their body. And so when we met earlier this year in our coaching intensive day, we spent the day together and we ate beautiful food, of course, we got our nails done. And we also created a business plan for her and we mapped out some goals and created an action plan for her to put into motion over the next three months, six months and nine months, I believe was our timeframe that we were working within. And so Since then, you know, I won't get into all the details because it's her own personal business, but basically she's had a lot of fear around taking action. And her fear is, yeah, a fear of failure. She wants to know that she can succeed. And I think a lot of you all can probably relate to that. You don't want to pursue something until you know for sure, or at least know pretty close for sure that you're going to get what you want and you won't be rejected or you won't fail or whatever it is. But she's also dealing with a fear of success, a fear of happiness. What if this all works out and then what? Will people be resentful of her? Will people be jealous of her? Will she have it all and then lose it all the next day or the next year? And I know it seems a little counterintuitive to actually be 
fearful of happiness or fearful of success, but I think it's actually quite normal. And Brene Brown actually talks a lot about this. And Brene Brown actually talks about this in her first book, Daring Greatly. And this is also an important idea in Gay Hendrick's The Big Leap, which I highly recommend reading either of those books if you also feel like you have a fear of success or fear of happiness. And even if you're not in business, I still want you to listen to this episode because this episode is not really about the nitty gritty of business and what to do when. Remember, we had a coaching intensive day where we did a lot of that together. This episode is really about how to handle the fear that the other shoe will drop when things are good. It's also about the fear of succeeding and the fear of actually being happy and not stressing about things that maybe you've stressed about for years on end. It's also about how to deal with the fear of financially failing in your work or business, because sometimes not all fear is just in our head. Sometimes there's very real fears around how are you going to pay your bills, especially if you have kids, this feels like an extra responsibility. And we're also going to talk about real fear versus made up fear, fear that's just existing in our head, how to know the difference and what to do for each kinds of those fears. Before we get there, I just want to let you know that I've actually opened up some new coaching intensive days to work with me in Washington, D.C. in early December. So if you are somewhere in the Northeast and want to meet me in Washington, D.C. for the day, or maybe you live there, I would love to work with you for the day. We can focus on your business if you are also a coach or some sort of service provider, and there I can help you create a business plan and create an action plan that is sustainable and attainable. Or if you're not in business, we can focus on your love life. Sometimes people don't really want to work over the long term, which is usually how I work with my clients. And sometimes they prefer actually just to have one full day where we just really dive into all of their blocks and fears and we dive into their pasts, into their childhood and old relationships. And from there, we can create a plan for you to move forward that you can kind of implement on your own once you see and have all of the steps that you know you need to take. So if you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash you dash me. And there you can learn about what's included in your coaching intensive day. And it's also the place to sign up to hop on a call with me to see if it is the right fit for you. And just to give you a quick little glimpse into what a coaching intensive day looks like, you know, the time is somewhat flexible depending on your schedule and if you have kids and all that kind of fun stuff. But generally, we'll start in the vicinity of nine to 10 o'clock and we will meet for a light breakfast and we'll have coffee and yummy food to eat. And then we'll have a good work session for about three hours or so and really lay out, you know, what we're going to be accomplishing and what the goals are and just initial action steps and any mindset issues that might be a problem going down the line as you begin to implement. And then we will break for a working lunch, obviously all provided by me. And then we will go into our afternoon session, which is also about another three hours. And there we will just flesh out your plan to move forward. And I will support you with any of the actionable things that you need to do. So especially if you are a coach and you want me to support you in your business, that's where we can really create a launch plan or a networking plan or emails or copy for your website or social media or 
launch emails, if you are launching a program or a service or whatever it is. And then at the end of the day, we'll either go for a little spa treatment together, or I'll just treat you and you'll go get a massage on your own. So it's a day of lots of productivity, lots of deep diving, lots of coaching, but also, of course, I want to make it feel luxurious and wonderful and yummy and nourishing. So there's food and snacks and a spa treatment all provided by me. So again, if you're interested in learning more about that, you can head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash you dash me. And I have some dates available in Washington, DC, and also Philadelphia. And then one or two more are available in San Francisco. So if you're in any of those areas or can be in any of those areas for the day, then make sure you check it out. And spots are very limited. Obviously, there's only so many days in the year in the calendar. So make sure that if you are interested, sign up soon. And even if I'm not in your area, then there are some other options available. There are virtual options available where we can do this over Zoom. And also, I will be doing some more traveling at the beginning of 2020, especially through the West and the Southern parts of the United States. So if you live in Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, then I will probably be in your area and we might be able to arrange a coaching intensive day there as well. All right, enough about that. And again, the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash you dash me. And you can also get that link in the show notes to this episode. So without further ado, let's get into my coaching conversation with Tina. Hi, Tina. Welcome to the show. Hi, Veronica. It's nice to be here. I'm super excited to have you on today. So how can I help you? What's your question? So I think that I kind of keep coming back to this recurring question or issue I have about whether or not I'm limiting myself because of fear or anxiety and trying to figure out if that fear is a fear of failure or if my fear is actually kind of a fear of succeeding, of being happy, like not like I'm afraid of that. Like it makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it's new. So just trying to figure out where I'm at with that and kind of how to help myself with that. Okay, great. And is there like a certain situation that's inspiring this question? Yeah. I mean, I think I always feel like there's three areas that I kind of touch through. So it's kind of like what's going on at home kind of as a mother with my children Mm -hmm. and then what's going on with my work business life and then what's going on in my love life. And I think when something flares up in any of those areas, that makes me feel self-doubt then I start doubting myself kind of across all the areas. So the other night it was just with my youngest son, who's been having some mental health issues, just having a, you know, I'm a bad mother. Am I not doing enough and worrying about that? And then that just kind of translated into, you know, am I not doing what I should with starting the business? And then am I not doing what I should? Where are things going in my love life? So it kind of just then spiraled into all of, this anxiety over everything, and then just feeling kind of anxious and fearful in general. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the question then is with all of these things, am I not doing what I need to do because I'm afraid I'm going to fail or because I'm afraid I'm actually going to succeed and then be happy? And that's the question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Where do you think you are on that spectrum? Like just ballpark. And also first thing comes to mind. I feel like I'm kind of like on the fence, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel that growing up, I didn't 
take chances and I didn't do things that I wasn't guaranteed to be successful at. I didn't take risks at all. And, you know, I always tell my kids, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So take them. Right. But I don't do that myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to do that stuff. And then when I feel like, like say with the business, you know, why am I not doing the things that I want to do or should do? You know, am I holding myself back because I am focusing on the divorce and clearing all that out first, or because I'm setting the business stuff aside because of the full-time job I have or meeting the kids' needs and I don't want to fail them? Or am I afraid to throw myself into it because it might not succeed or it might not go where I want it to go? Or, oh my God, what if it actually did and it like changes my life? And then what am I going to do? And then that kind Mm -hmm. of is a different panic. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just kind of like, I get in a spiral that I can't move forward and I don't want to go back. Yeah. And has this been a pattern in your life? I don't think it has been a pattern in my, I mean, definitely not putting my needs out there and going after what I want. Yes. Like I said, except for things I knew I could succeed in, like I want to go to grad school, you know, to be a physical therapist. So Mm -hmm. I can do that. I can work hard. I knew if I did the things I had to, I would get where I wanted to be. But I think in terms of like dreams or hopes or needs, I think, yes, I think I hold back because I'm afraid they're not going to get met. So if I can't meet it myself, Mm -hmm. I then just don't ask for it or don't go for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what does that remind you of? Or when have you felt like that? Or when did you learn this, that if you don't get what you want, when you set out for something, what will happen? So I'm assuming this goes back to childhood, as I know you know that already. Um, yeah. It's not our first rodeo together. So so talk to me a little bit about that. What does it remind you of? So, you know, I've definitely been doing the inner child work and definitely actually as I'm parenting my 10-year-old and trying to hopefully not have him have these inner child wounds that he has to come back to. Also, Everyone has inner child wounds, by the way. I know, I know. I can't prevent them, but I'm trying. (laughs) Loved and secure and understood, you know, the best that I can. But I'm also trying to, you know, reparent myself and say, what did I feel? Or, you know, when I was that age and I felt that way, what did I need to hear so I can let him hear it? So I think... I was the emotional child and um, I think my emotions have always been labeled negatively. Like, why are you so emotional? Or, oh, here we go with those emotions again. And so, you know, emotions are things like, you know, excitement and hope and joy and dreams. And I think those were not practical. So those were kind of like shoved down. Mm -hmm. Things that were valued were, (laughs) you know, hard work, good behavior, following the rules. Those were the things that I could do that, you know, made people happy with me, made me feel like they loved me. So I think that's, you know, for me, the conversations I've been actually having with my own parents are about that sense of not belonging and not feeling accepted for who I was and really wanting to be my authentic self and not being afraid to share my political opinion or my view on food or my view on sex or my view on marriage or, you know, whatever it is. So kind of learning to be brave enough to be my whole self and and hope and trust that the people who know and love me are going to love me anyway. Yeah. And so what happened when you were younger, um, you were emotional in the way you just defined it. What happened? 
I was usually sent to my room to go deal with my emotions and I could come back out when I had them under control. Okay. And then how did you cope with that? What was your coping strategy? I kind of learned to just stuff them down or to hide them or to have them in the safety of my own bedroom. I'm definitely a crier, good crier, bad crier. I'm a crier, Um, (laughs) but I always did it in private. I never let anybody see it because that was weak or that was wrong or it made other people uncomfortable. So yeah, I would go to my room and I would shut my door and I would, you know, deal with my demons myself. And then when I could put a happy face on, then I'd come out and join the family. Okay. Got it. And how is this specific behavior, this specific pattern holding you back from, let's say, you know, doing something with your business that would, you know, get you a client or get you what you need to do in order to go where you want to go? Like, what's that script going through your head? I think it, you know, goes down to, you wrote down in my notebook, right? Done is better than perfect. And I think, I think a lot of times it's like, I feel like, well, if I can't finish this task or I can't have it perfect, or, you know, the divorce isn't clear and behind me and I shouldn't proceed. Or if I don't proceed and put it out there in the right way, then it won't succeed and it's going to be a failure. Mm -hmm. But then I feel like the message that I'm getting from my friends and my colleagues and my students, when I share my idea with them, I light up and I get very excited about it and they see the passion and the enthusiasm And, you know, they kind of get on me like, well, when, when are you doing it? Let's go. Like they get excited. So I'm trying to recognize that I am getting that positive feedback. Mm -hmm. So then I wonder, okay, well, so then why am I not, why am I not doing it? Well, that's because it has to come from within, right? Like, I mean, everyone in the world can be like, come on, Tina, you can do it. (laughs) Like, I mean, I believe in you. We spent a whole day together, right? Like looking at this, like, this is so so possible and doable for you. So when it comes to failure, Why are you so scared of failure? Like specifically, what are you afraid of happening if you fail? I think financially, I'm worried about not being able to provide for my kids. You know, I feel like Mm -hmm. I need to stay in my stable, you know, position that is, I think, limiting me and like stifling my creative mojo, juices, whatever, Mm -hmm. because I have to pay the bills and I have to take care of them. Okay. What else is so scary about failure? Because I don't really believe that's like, the real reason. Now it might be like very real in terms of like, yes, you have bills to pay, but like the real reason. Well, that's why I started wondering if there were other things I was afraid of, because I feel like a year ago, I think the fear of failure was very real to me because I didn't believe in myself and I didn't think I could survive a failure, another failure, right? Like my Mm -hmm. divorce is a failure, but like, but not really, but okay, keep going. Not really. (laughs) I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess I just, I think a year ago, I didn't have the sense of self-worth that I have now. And I didn't have the sense of, all right, so I fail. I'll be fine. You know, it's kind of like dating, like, all right, so that didn't go out. So what? There's somebody else out there. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like my fear of failure is a lot less or maybe not the issue anymore. So then I think I started trying to figure out this past week, well, then what else am I afraid of? You know, am I okay? So, so let's do this. Let's say you pursue this business venture and you succeed. You get clients. You create your first course. People are buying it. What are the downsides? Not necessarily failures, but what are the downsides? Right. I think I'm afraid that it will consume my life and my time will be my own. Okay. What um, else? I think I'm afraid to be seen. Okay. What else? I'm afraid it will change my life 
for the better. And I won't know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that I know how to be a success. I mean, you already are, but keep going. What else? I don't define myself like that. But yeah, I guess I think right now my life is limited in options, but that's comfortable because I don't have to choose. So I think if I'm a success and then options are open, then that puts the responsibility on me. Like right now, I feel like not that the responsibility is not on me, but that I'm not in control. So then I'm like, well, what happens when the world is my oyster and I am in control? Like, I don't know that I know what to do with that, Mm -hmm. but that kind of scares me, like the unknown. Mm -hmm. Anything else that would be a downside of success? I feel like because I am somebody who cares what other people think of them, I feel, I worry that people will hate me if I'm a success. Like... I don't know. Does that make sense? Like right now, he hates me because I'm that woman who's going through all that other stuff. You know what I mean? But I think like if I was a successful woman, I think then people like jealousy or pettiness like can come up. And I think I'm afraid of that. I just don't know that I want to be the target of hatred. Can't deal mm-hmm. with that anymore. <laughs> you know, I think I'm scared of the change. Like, you know, I'm comfortable in my crappy limited place but going outside is kind of scary even if it's better it's still scary yeah I'm so glad we're having this conversation because it's so real and I think a lot of women listening to this and just women in general not listening to this don't realize that sometimes the biggest thing that keeps us stuck is actually our fear of happiness like you know, like if you weren't the woman who was always stressed about your love life, who would you be? You know what I mean? Like we identify with that stress or that anxiety or that persona of always being the single one or, you know, whatever it is, whether it's love life or business or health or motherhood or whatever it is. And so what you just did though, is you just outlined your quote unquote to-do list. Okay. So when this airs, I want you to listen to it again. And I want you to love your voice when you listen to it because everyone says they hate their voice when they listen to these episodes, but you'll love your voice and write down each of these fears because some of these fears are very real and some are just made up in your head. Right. And no matter what fear or which category it is, like it's all legitimate because it's all coming from you and there's no part of you that's not legitimate or dumb or not worthy or anything like that. So we want to take these fears seriously in that sense, but not seriously in that like, oh shit, I'm not gonna be able to do this or this is gonna, this is gonna hold me back. So let's just break down a couple of these just so you have an idea. So first, just the fear of being able to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's like a very real fear. I mean, there's like probably some story, not probably, there's definitely some story in your head around it and like, like worst case apocalyptic scenarios going. I mean, I've had these two, right? <laughs> I mean, I've had them in business so many times, like, oh my God, everything's going to fail and I'm just going to have to go work at Starbucks or something, which I guess wouldn't really be the last thing or the worst thing in the world, right? Like they have health insurance right. and free coffee. Yep. So <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I assume they get free coffee, but so when it comes to providing your family or providing for your family, I think it'd be really helpful is for you to write out a plan of how you can create time and space to start building your client base. Well, you already have a client base, but building that more, building that income base and creating like a kind of transition where, you know, the money is coming from one place to then transferring it to your business. 
so that it does feel safe. It does feel secure. It does feel sustainable because it's not like you're going to just quit your job tomorrow and then hope and pray that this thing makes it work. And I think in the entrepreneurial world, there's like a lot of shame around having a job and your business because there's a lot of fear like, well, what are my clients going to think? Are they going to think that I'm a fraud? Are they going to think that this isn't like real for me? They're not going to treat me like a business or... I mean, I've certainly had all of these thoughts around, especially in the beginning of my business when I had odd jobs to keep paying the bills and and everything. But the truth is, is that nobody wants to hire a desperate life coach. (laughs) And I know you're not specifically life coaching, but nobody wants to hire someone that just feels like must have your business or I'm not, I mean, that's just like not good energy. Yeah. And so I think that if you can just shift your perspective rather than trying to feel like you have to shift your actual work and money situation, mm-hmm. I think that can go a really long way. Okay. How does that feel? That feels doable. Like what if you just told yourself like, I'm not quitting my job for the, at least the next 12 months. Right. That makes sense. And I think if I, you know, cause we have our, what our three, six, nine months, 12 months, we can make it a 12 month plan. Right. But I think if I, break those down and, you know, say, okay, this is where I'm headed in 12 months and then reevaluate and see, can I make the leap or do I need to stay longer? Right. Totally. Right. And yeah. And 12 months is like, yeah, not like a deadline to quit, but it's like a, just a date on your calendar to reassess. Right. Also, what I find to be really helpful is when you're sitting on the beginning of your business and you're like, how am I going to make up my old salary or yeah. whatever, or my current salary? It can feel really, really daunting. But then if you actually sit down and crunch some numbers and you're like, okay, I need this much money every month to pay the bills. And this is like the bare minimum I need. This would be nice to have. And this would be my goal because obviously you're starting a business so you can create more prosperity and financial abundance than maybe you had the opportunity you know, in your previous line of work. So you have like three numbers you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what would you need to do in order to hit those three numbers? So maybe the first number is like, okay, I need to sign on three new clients a month. Maybe the second number is, okay, that would be five clients. Maybe the third number is I need to sign on eight clients or whatever it is, right? And then when you look at it from that way, you're like, oh, I can get three freaking clients in a month. That's doable. And then you have like some specific action steps. You're like, all right, to get three clients, I need to reach out to 10 potential clients or I need to ask for referrals from five current clients or I need to, you know, on average, when I send an email out, I get two clients or whatever it is. And so then you have specific tasks or reach specific numbers and it feels just so much less daunting. Right. Does that feel good? Yes. Okay. Does that feel like something you can do? Yes. It does. Okay. So that's like, again, like a very real tangible fear. Of course, there's story involved, but there's actually like a real thing you can do. It's kind of like that. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but the coffee maker things like Did you actually turn the coffee maker on and can you turn back home and turn it off so that your house isn't burned down? Or is it like this perpetual fear every day that your house is going to burn down and it's like irrational? Maybe not the best analogy considering that we're in wildfire season, but like in general, most people's houses aren't just going to randomly burn down. (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's go with now a quote unquote unreal fear. So tell me like the biggest one that comes up. Now you said something about caring or people aren't going to like you. So I don't know if that's the big one, um, but what's just like another big fear that comes up for you? 
I think just like getting like when I am happy, like, I mean, I think I've always been a happy person. I've always chosen, like I'm fortunate that gratitude comes easy to me and I'm always grateful for the moments and I don't expect life to be happy 24 seven, but I feel like now that life is getting happier, more of the 24 seven, it's kind of like, it feels good. And I like being that person and I like having that life, but then what if it gets taken away from me? You know, I think it's, like, I don't want to get comfortable here because what if I have to go back to, you know, where I was? And I guess that is kind of irrational because it's my life, right? And I don't have to choose to go back to where I was. Hopefully I will never be in that situation again, right? But I guess like that, it's kind of like I'm trying to be in the moment and enjoy the moment and appreciate the moment, but I'm so afraid the moment's going to be yanked away from me. So it's kind of like, I don't want to get comfortable. I don't, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. So do you believe that it's true that being a human, having a human experience, there are always going to be ups and downs, meaning like some days we're going to feel happy and joyful and relaxed and content, all those things. And some days we're going to feel sad or anxious or confused or rejected or griefed or whatever. Does that feel true? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And does it also feel true that no matter what happens, whether it's quote unquote good or bad, you're having a quote unquote good day or bad day or a good period in your life or a quote unquote bad period in your life that there's always growth to be had? Yes, I agree with that. Okay. And you also agree that like, it's actually really impossible to go back to where you were. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you agree with that or can you see that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I'm not the same person. So I can't, I can't go back to that place. 100%. Now, that doesn't mean everything's going to be like unicorns pooping glitter, right? Like it's (laughs) nice, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also I really believe that, you know, we learn through contrast. We know what peace feels like because we know what anxiety feels like. We know what happiness feels like because we know what sadness feels like. And so if you lived your life only living for these quote unquote happy emotions, these good emotions, or I should say desired emotions, then you're A, denying yourself the full human experience. Mm -hmm. And B, I believe most of our growth happens when we're kind of feeling like shit. Yeah, that makes sense. It's easy to journal and it's easy to meditate and it's easy to do your gratitude practice and all the other good things that we all do in our lives when you're feeling good. Yeah. You're like, hell yeah, I'm going to wake up and like <laughs> light my candle and get on some headspace. Like, yeah, like that's easy. Yeah. I should say easy, but like it's definitely easier. Right. But when you're feeling like crap and you just want to stay in bed all day and you're like committed to your practice and you just like force yourself to get up and you know, write your gratitude list or journal or do your meditation or talk to your coach or do whatever, like that's where I would say rubber really meets the road. Yeah, that's true. And I can say that I do trust that I'm able to put the rubber to the road and do the work. Mm-hmm. I can say that about myself. Mm-hmm. So how does this downside or fear of basically what you're describing as the other shoe dropping, how does that feel right now? It feels okay to remember that it's normal and to be expected and to remind myself that I can handle it when it happens and that it also does provide that contrast for the good stuff. And that, you know, the good stuff isn't supposed to always be there, but, you know, that it will be coming, Mm -hmm. whatever the dark day is. Right. 
One thing that's really, really helped me and my business is a few things. I'll just share this and then we'll wrap up. So the first thing is I always tell myself what is for me cannot pass me. And so if I'm launching something, if I'm doing an introductory call with a potential client, whatever, it's trying to apply for a speaking event, like whatever it is, like what is for me cannot pass me. And so if me and this person are supposed to work together, it'll work out one way or the other. may not happen in that moment, but it will happen one way or the other. Speaking event, whatever it is, right? What is for me cannot pass me. That's helped me a lot. And I also believe that everything is happening for me. And that's really challenged me to let go of the timing of things, (laughs) of letting go of like, when I'm going to be making this much or when I'm going to be having this many clients or when I'm going to be launching this or doing that, you know, it's all happening in divine timing. And that just takes a radical amount of non-attachment, of self-trust. And it's, you know, it's not something that you just snap on. You're like, okay, cool. I trust the universe. I trust myself. Like good now. Like it's a daily reminder, a daily reminder especially when you know, you're having those low feelings or, and whatnot. So what's coming up for you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I think that is something I remind myself kind of daily with the divorce process that you know, I do trust that it will resolve in the timing and in the manner that is best for all of us. Like I, you know, I really do believe that and I remind myself of that. So I think I need to apply that to the other aspects of my life too, right? You know, my children will be okay when it's time for them to be okay. My business will be a success when it's ready, when I'm ready, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my love life will be okay when the timing's right and what's right for me will be there for me and what's not right for me will pass me by. And that's a good thing, right? Too, to remember. Yeah. And I would just add to that, that this is all a co-creation. So it's not like you're going to wake up one day and be like, all right, timing's right. Like, yes. let's get this business on the road. You know, like, um, I'm working for it. yeah, manifestation is a co-creation. Like we're not just sitting on our couches, watch Netflix and then expect like our soulmate, our dream business and all of that stuff to come knocking at the door. Like <laughs> it doesn't work like that either. No, I get that. Yeah. I'm a doer. So I, Good. I don't just sit there and, you know, yeah. Can't that and expect it to land on my lap. I am definitely yeah, not that I expected you would, but I just want to make sure that's yeah. super no, clear no, no, for everyone no. listening. I think, but I think reminding myself that in being a doer, that it's not just me doing or me working harder that's going to make it happen. That yeah. sometimes I just have to be or let it be and know and have that faith that it will come when it's time and that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm enjoying the process, you know, the whole business stuff. Or the dating stuff too. And the motherhood stuff, all the stuff. Like I am definitely more in the moment and I'm happier in my moments because I'm present and I am being authentic and I'm enjoying that journey. You know, yes, there's a destination I have in mind on all three of those paths, but I'm walking that way and I'll get there when I get there and I'm enjoying the trip. And that's different for me because I think I was always a, I got to get there and I got to get there now, you know? and and now I'm more of a human being instead of a human doing, you know? Yeah, I love and that. I, and I like that. It feels better. It feels much better. I love that shift. So before we um, wrap up, I want to make sure you're super clear on what your action steps are. So what are your action steps over the next few weeks as it relates to this? 
So I'm going to remember when the anxiety and fear hits me that that's okay and that's normal and to sit with it and, you know, think about where it's guiding me or, you know, where it's instructing me to let go or to maybe put a little bit more effort with the business. I'm going to start putting down those goals, kind of where do I see myself in six months, you know, 12 months? How do I start leveraging the business up and hopefully being able to fade out the full-time being an employee, but with small steps, you know, what can I do incrementally, even if it's 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day that will make me feel like I'm working towards that purpose and not feeling hopeless, but feeling hopeful that 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 growth and change is possible and it's just going to take time. Yeah. And also to, when you listen to this episode, write down all of the downsides slash fears and what's real, what's not real. And then, you know, that again, will give you your to-do list. And anytime when you're feeling like overwhelmed or fear is just like paralyzing, whether it's a brand new list or same list, just like write down, like, what are the downsides? What are the fears that are coming up? Mm -hmm. What's real? Okay. Like specific action steps, need a budget. Maybe you need to hire a lawyer, like to look at the legal stuff. Like who knows? Like, again, like not all fear is like irrational. Sometimes there's actually a bear on the trail and you need to do something about it. Right. Right. And sometimes it's more stuff in our head. And so that's always going to come back to mindset work. It's going to come back and then you have to use your tools, inner child work, meditation, journaling, EFT, tapping, all of those things will help you. Um, affirmations, prayer, trust, all of that is going to help you with the, the irra- irrational. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that I can't do anything about that. Yeah. That are just big in my own mind. Yes. Yes. And then of course, like, you know, inner child work, but obviously keep reparenting that little girl because that's the person who's really getting triggered when it comes to, you know, I think moving through this and having that control of like just wanting to know how it's all going to end up because she needed to do that to survive, to feel good in her family growing up. Right. All right. Thank you so much. Was this helpful? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So glad to hear. As always, thank you so much, Tina, for coming on to the show. I really do love having current clients come onto the show because I feel like we can just go into a lot more of the practical, tangible things because you already know a lot of the inner child work. Not to say that inner child work ends at some point or, you know, it's like you learn two plus two equals four, then you move on. No, inner child work just becomes a tool. But because you have those tools under your belt, we can really focus on What are some of the tangible, practical things you can do to overcome fear? So thank you, Tina, for being vulnerable, for having the courage to come on, ask her questions, and to dive in with me. And by the way, if you are interested in coming on to the show, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, there is a form that you can click on and that will get you onto my queue. I'm relatively full for the rest of 2019, but we will start doing 2020 recordings probably in December. So that's actually coming up soon because it's already November, which is kind of bananas. So make sure you go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast if you are interested in me coaching you. And it's totally for free. But you should also just know that obviously the coaching conversation will be recorded and broadcasted onto my podcast so that I'm serving you, but then also to all of the thousands of women listening to the show. 
Okay, so I really believe that a blend of the intangible intangible is the best way to go whenever it comes to reaching a goal. And what I mean by that is the intangible is like the inner child work. It is like the EFT, the affirmations, the prayer, the learning to trust. All of that stuff is, you can't really show like, hey, this is what I did. And there's no like actual physical product or quote unquote proof that you did the work. But I think it's really, really important to do that alongside the tangible. And the tangible is going to be what we talked a lot about on the show today with Tina, which is you know, actually doing the math, laying out how many clients you actually need to get to pay the bills, how many clients you actually need to get to live a comfortable lifestyle, and how many clients you need to get to have the dream lifestyle. That is the tangible. But if you only focus on the tangible, and I think a lot of coaching only focuses on the tangible, then you're really relying on willpower to move you forward. And that's going to work for me a little bit. But if that's all you needed, then everyone would have all the money that they wanted, would have all the business success that they wanted, and would all be a size two and would all be in their ideal relationship. But the truth is, is that a lot of our actions, a lot of our behaviors, a lot of our beliefs are very deep rooted. And it comes from that 88% of the brain that operates subconsciously that you don't have awareness around. So by relying on just willpower and grinning and bearing it and just freaking doing it, like, yeah, sometimes you just got to have that grit, right? But you're really just relying on the 12% of your brain. And that just doesn't seem like the best way forward, right? And so I really encourage you, if you have a lot of fear around succeeding, if you have a lot of fear around failing at something or quote unquote failing at something, if you have a lot of fear around people not liking you or people judging you, if you do meet your life partner and maybe some of your single friends will resent you, or if you do go out and start your own business, you're afraid that your parents will judge you or that your coworkers will be resentful because you'll be out of the nine to five thing or whatever it is, then I really, really encourage you to go back and use inner child work in order to clear some of these deeper fears, deeper beliefs that you're carrying around. Because just grinning and bearing it is just not going to get you where you ultimately want to go. I had a podcast episode that came out a few months ago on how to get started with inner child work. And just spoiler alert, inner child work does not just apply to dating and relationships. If there's anywhere in your life that you really want to transform or grow in, then inner child work is always going to be the way to go, whether you want to grow in your career, or you want to grow in your health and the relationship you have with your body, or friendship or community or spirituality, or whatever it is, there are some beliefs that are holding you back that are the way in which you see the world. And those beliefs might not actually be what's really true and reflective of reality. So I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes. I don't have the episode number off the top of my head. I think it's around episode 180. But again, I'll put that link in the show notes so you can make sure you listen to that. So you can get started on doing some of the deeper work if you do think that you have more mindset stuff that is blocking you from getting you to where you want to go rather than actually like the tangible practical strategy. So one of the things that we really focus on in my call with Tina, I just want to highlight, I don't really have too much to break down because it's a pretty straightforward call, but I do just want to mention a few things. And the first thing is, what are the downsides of succeeding? Now, again, it might feel counterintuitive, like, of course, I want to be happy. Of course, I want to make a lot of money. Of course, I want to be in love. Of course, I want to have this or whatever it is. But the truth is, if you didn't have any kind of 
fear or hangups around being successful, around being happy, then you would be doing the things that you needed to do in order to get where you wanted to go. Now, this is completely normal. This does not make you messed up or broken or wrong. It's totally normal to self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is totally a thing. But I think it's really important to acknowledge the quote-unquote downsides of succeeding. And so that's where a lot of my conversation today with Tina was really focused on because that creates your quote-unquote to-do list. So if you know where you want to go and you feel like you are sabotaging yourself, and by the way, procrastination is a type of fear of moving forward, can be a fear of success, happiness, love, all of that type of stuff, then I want you to also create your own list of what are the downsides, even if it feels crazy, even if you know logically that that fear is totally irrational, but there's a part of you that like, I don't know, what if it's true? I want you to add it to this list. So for example, I did this with a client around her love life, and she was just afraid that if she got into a serious relationship with someone and let's say they moved in together or maybe he moved into her place, then she was afraid she would have to redecorate her home. And she really liked the way things were decorated. And so with Tina, she was afraid that some people would resent her for being successful and going out on her own. And she cared about what other people thought of her. Maybe you're afraid of who would you be or what would you do if you weren't always stressed or complaining or talking about your love life woes? Who would that person be? Or maybe you are afraid that you would have to give up some part of yourself, some part of your career success for love. Whatever it is, I want you to write out this list. And I'm going to challenge you to make a goal of 25 downsides. Now that might seem like a lot and it might be really easy to come up with like maybe five, maybe even 10, but I want you to just keep asking yourself, what else? What else? What else? Because I just want you to clear out anything that might possibly be there. Even if like the tiniest, tiniest bit of you believes it, I still want you to write it out because it's still some sort of belief that you're holding on to. And because so much of this exists in the unconscious mind, it's really hard to know how much it's actually actually controlling your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions. So just rather be safer than sorry, put it out on the paper. And then like I said with Tina, that starts to create your to-do list. Some of these fears that you have will be super real, super practical, a very tangible solution. Maybe there are some issues that need to get cleared up with a lawyer. Maybe you do need to create some sort of six-month plan or 12-month plan before you can actually financially afford to leave your job. Maybe you need to have some sort of savings account or to get some sort of side job in order to support you as you grow your business. Maybe you need to finalize some divorce pieces or breakup pieces with your ex so that you can finally move forward. You know, not all fear is bad. Like I said with Tina, sometimes the bear really is on the trail and you've got to do something, but you can't have a fear of just never going outside because you're afraid a bear is going to eat you, right? So that's the difference. Sometimes the bear really is there. And then for the fears where the bear is not really there, where it's just an irrational fear or just like this perpetual fear that always is inside of you, despite what's actually 
real and true in your life, then that's where a lot of the quote unquote woo and intangible or less practical strategies can come into play. That's when you really have to lean into the more emotional and spiritual realms of healing and growth. So again, I've said this on the show before, but whenever you are looking to grow and transform, you have to look at four areas of your life. You have to look at physical, mental, and then also emotional, spiritual. So when you have these like irrational fears, or not real fears, the emotional and spiritual piece is really where you have to lean into. So it might require some gratitude lists, it might require some prayer, it might require practicing non attachment, it might require leaning into trust, it might require pulling some freaking cards, like who knows, like depending on what it is, and also what resonates with you. So that is your homework assignment. If you feel like you have a fear of succeeding or a fear of success or fear of happiness or fear of actually being in a healthy, happy relationship, I want you to write out the downsides of those fears and then let that be your to-do list. And if you want to share any of it with me, I would love to hear from you. You can come on over to Instagram and send me a DM there. I'm Veronica E. Grant, or you can come to my contact page, veronicagrant.com forward slash contact and drop me a note there. I would love to hear. I'm not posting so much on Instagram as much these days. I've just got a lot of behind the scenes projects that I'm working on, which I will share with you very, very soon. But I'm definitely still active there. And I would love to hear from you in my DMs. Or again, come over to my contact page and let me know. And again, if you are interested in learning more about working with me in a coaching intensive day, where we can really just dive into either your service-based business or your love life, come over to veronicagrant.com forward slash you dash me to learn more and also to apply so that we can chat to see if it would be a good fit for you and your life or business. And again, dates are available in early December in Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia. And I've got some more dates in later December available in the San Francisco Bay Area. And then in early January, there will be some dates available throughout the southern and western U.S. I'm not exactly sure on the dates or locations, but basically if you live in the states that I mentioned earlier, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, then we can probably arrange something to have a coaching intensive day in January. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash you dash me, and I will see you next week on the Love Life Connection with part two of why high achieving women struggle in love. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.